Open the podcast bay door as hell. everyone, and welcome to episode four of Welcome to Geek Town. I'm your host, Kurt Onstead. I've been a proud geek all my life, being into role-playing games, sci-fi, fantasy, and especially superheroes and comics. And I want to help others join me in those pursuits. But I've found that sometimes people can get overwhelmed or feel left out because they don't already have what some consider to be the requisite knowledge to be considered a fan. And that's where Welcome to Geek Town comes in. Here, you can ask your questions in a safe space where no one will mock you for not being an expert. Before we get started, I wanted to let you know about a contest I'll be running starting the day this is released and going until May 23rd. To enter, simply go to Facebook and share one of the posts letting people know about the show. In addition, you can get two more entries into the contest by leaving a five-star review on iTunes. One entry will be randomly selected, and will win a copy of the first Ultimate Spider-Man trade paperback, which you may recall was one of the options given for how to start getting into reading Marvel Comics back in Episode 2. The winner will be announced next episode, which releases May 24th. Good luck! Today's question comes from Aaron L. With Deadpool 2 coming out next week, this seemed like a good time to answer his question, which is, why is a mutant any different than every other hero and villain in the Marvel Universe? That's a great question, Aaron. As most of you are probably aware from the X-Men movies and or cartoons, mutants are hated and feared by the human populace. And in the films and TV shows, that makes a lot of sense, because they're usually the only superhumans around, so they all get painted with the same brush. But in the comics, mutants are just one way people end up with powers. So why are mutants feared and hated, but other superheroes like Captain America, the Fantastic Four, and Iron Man are loved and appreciated by that same public? Of course there's the meta reason for why this is. That's the story the creators wanted to tell. Since their very inception, mutants have been used as an allegory for the treatment of minorities. Professor X and Magneto have often been compared to Martin Luther King Jr. and Malcolm X, respectively, with their differing approaches to civil rights activism. In the late 80s and into the 90s, the stories emphasized the comparisons between mutants and the LGBT community. You may remember the line from X-Men, too. Have you tried... not being a mutant? There was even a disease that affected only mutants that was used as an analogy for the AIDS crisis. More recently, the allegory has opened back up to include comparisons to racial struggles, especially in the African-American and Muslim communities, as well as continuing to serve as an allegory for the LGBT. So, the easiest answer to our question is, 
because mutants need to be hated and feared for these stories to work. But that's basically saying, because we said so, that's why. Let's get into the in-universe explanations, as that's what I believe Aaron was asking about. And we'll start in on that right after this. There's lots of ways to get Welcome to Geek Town and all of your other favorite podcasts. I'd like to recommend using the Podcast Republic app. It's available in the Google Play Store and is a fantastic app that allows you to get this and any other podcasts you're interested in directly onto your Android device. You can search for titles of podcasts or check out their curated lists and or featured podcasts to find all the new ones you may have never heard before. Then, select them as your favorites, and they'll all be just a click away. Again, that's the Podcast Republic app, available on your Android device. Be sure to check it out, and add Welcome to Geek Town to your favorites to get every new episode as it comes out. Now, back to the show. In order to understand what makes mutants so different, let's start out by discussing the basic origin story options for Marvel characters. There's the technological-slash-science-gone-right characters. Those are people who built suits, like Iron Man, or are the results of careful scientific rigor in creating a superhuman, like Captain America. At least some sort of premeditation went into the in-universe creation of these powers. On the flip side are the science accidents. A few of the more well-known characters with this origin include Spider-Man, Daredevil, and the Hulk. While science is involved, in the 60s it was radiation, these days it's more often genetic engineering or something similar. Creating a superhuman being was a side effect rather than the goal. Or, as is often the case for villains, the goal was creating a person with superpowers, but something went wrong and altered their personality as a side effect to bestowing those powers upon them. Next, we have the aliens. If you got your powers simply from being born to a different race, that's you. I include characters like Thor and Hercules in here as well, because the Marvel Universe has established that these quote-unquote gods are actually interdimensional beings with science so far advanced as to be indistinguishable from magic. The fourth option is to have powers bestowed upon you by a higher power, like how Norrin Rad got the power of the Silver Surfer from Galactus, or Doctor Strange learning the mystic arts from the Ancient One. And finally, we have the mutants. A possibly apocryphal story about Stan Lee creating the X-Men is that he wanted to create a new team of heroes, but didn't want to spend time with origin stories for each of the characters. So instead he said, They're born that way. End of origin story. Mutants, as explained in the comics, are people who were born with an X gene that gives them their powers. Not an X chromosome, that's different, and we almost all have at least one of those. Very rarely, the external physical traits like Nightcrawler's blue fur and yellow eyes will be present at birth. But for most mutants, their powers first manifest themselves around the same time that puberty sets in. And in most cases, the manifestation is triggered by some sort of stressful or even traumatic event. And that leads to one of the first obvious differences between mutants and other superpowered beings. 
Due to the sudden and unexpected appearance of their powers, which are often destructive in nature, mutants tend to accidentally cause damage or even harm to those around them when they first discover their abilities. For instance, when Scott Summers, aka Cyclops, first became aware of his abilities, an uncontrollable blast erupted from his eyes, demolishing a nearby crane, which then dropped what it was carrying onto a nearby crowd. While Scott was able to use his newfound powers to blast the payload into harmless smithereens, it was still a terrifying experience for all involved. It's much more rare for other superheroes to have their powers go off by accident and create a dangerous situation like that. That's just one justification people in the anti-mutant camp in the comics will use for their fear. The most common explanation, however, relates to Darwinism and evolution. In the Marvel Universe, mutants are considered to be an actual separate species of human, Homo superior as opposed to Homo sapiens. The anti-mutant faction, or pro-humanity as they usually prefer to call themselves, make this comparison. If a Neanderthal knew that the Homo sapiens were going to completely subsume them and wipe them out, wouldn't they have been right to fight back for their survival before it was too late? These people are scared that mutants will become the dominant life forms on Earth, and that Homo sapiens will be lost to time, as the Neanderthals were way back when. And there have been times in the Marvel Universe where you could see that as a possibility. During Grant Morrison's run on the X-Men, the number of mutants on Earth was established to be approximately 30 million. While that's a small portion of the 7 billion people alive, less than 1% even, the growth from when mutants first became known to the general public to that many being around could be seen as evidence for mutants taking over as the dominant species, especially with the extraordinary powers most of them have. However, after the wiping out of Genosha, a country specifically created as a mutant haven, and then the 2005 House of M storyline, that population was decimated down to where only 198 known mutants were able to access their powers. That number was set to only drop for some time, as no new mutant births were happening, and it looked like mutants may have been heading towards extinction, or extinction, and some pro-humanity groups tried to speed that process up. But in 2007, the Mutant Messiah storyline introduced a new baby mutant named Hope, and since then, the mutant population has been back on the rise. Now, not to get too political, but I want to be sure to point out that these are the reasons that the anti-mutant characters themselves will give, usually prefaced by something like, I don't hate mutants, but... As with any form of bigotry, the stated reasons for their fear and hatred is often different from what actually motivates these feelings, which is ignorance. Please do not mistake the rationalizations previously stated as my feelings on the subjects towards mutants or any minority on this planet or any other. Finally, this is somewhat off-topic, but I would like to point out that there is now another origin that is tied to the same sort of prejudice that the X-Men and other mutants face, and that is being inhuman. I touched on inhumans in our last episode, 
because they were important to Thanos' story. But to sum up, there's some humans that have a different race, known as Inhumans, somewhere back in their ancestry. Recently, a Terrigen cloud was released into the atmosphere, which activates Inhumans' powers, including these humans with traces of Inhuman DNA left behind. When exposed to the mist, they will cocoon up, and sometimes the release out of the cocoon comes with an explosion of power. For that reason, and the other reasons why all minorities are preyed upon, these new humans, as they're called, are often subject to the same prejudices that mutants face. Although Marvel tends to deny this when asked, it's strongly believed that since Fox still owns the movie rights to the X-Men and their ilk for now, Marvel wanted to create characters facing the same issues as mutants, but that could be added into their cinematic universe more freely. So Aaron, I hope you're happy with the answers I've provided as to why the mutants are treated so differently in the comics from their superpowered brethren. How about the rest of you? Do you have questions about comics characters, storylines, the industry, or other geeky topics like board games, role-playing, sci-fi, fantasy, and so on? Or would you like to, well, actually, me about this or any previous episode? If so, please send me an email at welcome to geektown at gmail.com. You can also leave a comment directly on the show notes at www.welcome to, in this case the number two, geektown.com. While you're there, be sure to check the Amazon links to some of the stories we've discussed. Other contact options include facebook.com slash welcome to geektown or twitter at geektown podcast. In the meantime, don't forget to subscribe and give me a five-star review over on iTunes to join the Geektown City Council and to help other people find the show so we can all tell them, Welcome to Geektown, Population Us. Welcome to Geektown is written, narrated, edited, and produced by me, Kurt Onstead. Theme music is by Aaron Levitz, logo art by Archie Santana. All other sound clips are the copyrighted material of their respective owners, and no infringement is intended falling under fair use. Mm-hmm.